think, Thrick? Look what you've done! It would be disgraceful for me not to invite her down. Okay, it's decided. I'll take her in as your protégé. Now we're going to make sure you're cleaned up and well-fed. So smile. Bucketheads, Mavar Tigar. Welcome to the 100th bucket blazing episode of Mandavision, Nargai Tom. And thank you so much for checking out this small independent Star Wars podcast. We would not be at 100 episodes if it wasn't for every single one of you out there listening to this show and supporting us all the way. Remember, the best way to reach out to us is via social media at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show, mandovisiontom at gmail.com. And another friendly reminder to please make sure you're liking, subscribing, following, sharing the show with all the other Mandalorians in your covert. It is so awesome that you do that. Truly, truly appreciate it. And if you're on uh, Apple Podcasts, they, they do that rating stuff on there. Five-star ratings. They're so awesome. They help us spread the word about what small independent shows like us are doing. Let us stand out, not get lost in the shuffle of that terrible, terrible algorithm. Well, I mentioned at the top, we've, we've made it. 100 episodes of the Mandovision podcast are now officially in the books. That doesn't count some of the little bonus shows that have been thrown in there in the mix, but still, 100 full-fledged dedicated episodes of a Star Wars podcast that I'm in charge of. <laughs> Who would have thought? This, <laughs> I don't know why I didn't do a Star Wars podcast from the moment I sat behind a microphone. Instead of, you know, just doing a beer show and then like a regular old pop culture show. It's like, no, wait a second. Why didn't I do Star Wars at first? And the the, the only answer I have to that question is I needed to get better at it. <laughs> the beer show, the pop culture show, they were all practice for getting me to the point where I was comfortable enough to sit here by myself, no less, and talk about Star Wars with all you wonderful listeners. And and I, I, I thank you all from the bottom of my heart so, so very, very much. Uh, I've received a couple of very nice messages uh, about this, and we'll talk a little bit more about 100 at the end of the episode. Um, something special at the end of that epi- at the end of the episode, I hope. And and yeah, we'll t- we'll talk more a little bit about that later. But we have business, you know. I, I don't want to. I am. I I like to consider myself a fairly humble person, and as excited as I am about being in episode 100, I don't want to. I don't want to bask in the glory of it for too much, because we have work to do. We have a special episode, an exciting episode. We're, we're still continuing our work on Star Wars Visions. We're on the eighth entry into this into this Star Wars uh, inspiration-inspired Japanese anime. We're on the Lop and Ocho episode, and 
Ocho? Ocha? Ocho. Oh, it's Ocho, right? I, I say, I'm saying it right. I'm, I'm just confusing myself. I feel like I'm saying eight in Spanish, and uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm not. I'm saying it correctly. I'm just tricking my, my, my brain's tricking me because I'm so overcome with emotion right now from uh, from the kindness of people who reached out to me about episode 100. So, so yeah, um, I'm just again, I'm a little emotional. So I, I thank you all so much for your kindness and and. Let's let's do the show. You know what that means. You know, well, hold on. Before we get into it, let me let me talk a little bit about Lapanocho because this, I, I, from the trailer, this was probably the episode that I was most nervous about, and I don't really have uh, a, a a reason that makes much sense. Uh, I just I remember the, like the little snippet, and we saw Lop in the trailer, and something about that was just like I was like, mm, I don't know about that particular episode. That's kind of a weird thing, um, and then. I watched the episode, and I was very, very pleasantly surprised by how much I enjoyed it, by how much I got out of it. Uh, I think it's a really strong story. I think it's a really interesting uh, starting point for further adventures with these characters, as, as really this is just sort of a table-setting episode in, in a lot of senses. Uh, you know, I don't know if that would be continued on in another season of Star Wars Visions, if that comes to pass, or if this is just a fun one-off, and, and it'll be up to us in our imaginations to kind of continue the adventures of, of Lop and... and Ocho as well. So, yeah, this is an interesting one. I don't have a good reason for for being so nervous about going into it. Like I said, I just I, I saw that first glance of, of of Lop in the trailer, and I don't know. It just seemed almost like it was going to be too anime. This episode might be too anime for me, um, and it's not the case. I was I was very happily wrong about my preconceived notion about something I had never seen before, and that's why you sit down and you watch it, folks, because. You know, you just, you just, you know, I've been, I've been wrong about trailers and I've been right about trailers, but I still sit down and watch the flick to make sure I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and I just watched a terrible movie that had a terrible trailer, but we won't talk about that. That's a, that's a whole nother can of worms. But if I might let you know if you hit me up on the social media, <laughs> and we can talk about it there. But you know what we got to do first? We're getting into this episode. We're talking about episode eight, Wapanojo. But you know, it's it. It's it. It's it. What is it? It's time. Strap on your buckets. Let's go. Papa, your stubborn opposition to development is just wrong. We need the Empire to provide growth and prosperity for our future. We've lived a long time without any assistance from the Republic. Why would we need to change things now? Why throw ourselves at their feet? They continue their military buildup. But what happens if they turn this planet into a war zone? You want to lead this family? Then you should want to drive them out! I'm not looking at the bigger picture! So much family drama to, to in this episode. My goodness gracious. Can't even be contained by these clips alone. You know, we had to cut it short on that clip. They, they keep going for another 20, 30 seconds. My goodness. My goodness. Uh, this episode, again, we are on Star Wars Visions number 8, Lop and Ocho. It's about 20 minutes long. Uh, as of this episode, or as of, I'm sorry, as I record this, uh, this is about the fifth highest rated episode of the show. So, you know, we're kind of beyond the halfway point. This seems to be in the lower half of the rated episodes, but still a strong 7.3 as far as overall performance amongst viewers. And that's a good thing. Our plot for the episode, a family is torn about what to do when the Empire encroaches on their planet. Our episode is directed by Yuki Igarashi, written by Yasumi Atarashi, and... Sayawaka. I think I got that right. Sayawaka? Yeah, that's, that looks right. I apologize if I am uh, misspeaking anyone's names. That's that, that's never the intention. 
We want to give as much respect to all the creators involved in these shows as humanly possible. Our voice cast, the American voice cast for this episode, Anna Carthcart is Lop, Hiromi Dames is Ocho, Paul Nagayuchi is Yasaburo, and that's kind of our main cast. Kyle, we'll give Kyle McClarley some some extra love because he's the, uh, the the kind of gross, slimy Imperial officer. <laughs> he's really a character, right? That that is. Uh, I'm not sure that Imperial officer's haircut is Imperial regulation. I, I think I think uh, he's kind of slipped through the cracks. There might be some oversight that needs to come into play and get that man's hair back under Imperial control. That's what has to happen there. <laughs> If you will, so this episode—it's—it's it's, there's a lot going on in this episode. There's a lot of subtext here. It's not super hard to pick up on. I think I think we're all uh, crafty enough, savvy enough to to know what's going on with this story. The planet Tau, rich in resources, uh, very attractive to the Empire, uh, and, the, and the Empire makes promises of an industrial advancement in return for the occupation of the planet, and they essentially begin to strip mine the place. Uh, Lop, who is of the species, I guess her species is technically. Uh, Lepus Carnivorous, which is the same as the classic Star Wars comic book character Jackson, Jackson, I think is how you more pro- properly pronounce it, who's recently come back to to promise uh, under under uh, under Kevin Scott over at IDW, bringing him back into play. Was uh, let me let me talk about Jackson real quick, because for a long time that character was made fun of in comic book media in comic book outlets like there were like Jackson a, a giant green space bunny was in the Star Wars comics when Marvel had the license back in 77 78 and and now look at Jackson back in, into the limelight has his own action figure now and has a really talented writer as one of his biggest advocates so go Jackson right go Jackson Jackson Jack, I don't know how that's Kevin Scott how exactly you want to say it Jackson or <laughs> Whatever. He's a cool space rabbit. He's green. And I have his action figures right behind me. You can't see that, though, because this is an audio podcast. <laughs> but anyways, uh, that's the species that, that Lop is from. And they can, they, they make up the Empire's uh, you know forced labor force, slave labor force, on, on the planet Tau. Uh, Lop escapes and is, is running th- uh, free through the streets. Uh, you know, trying to get food wherever she can. She has her little TD droid with her. And eventually they stumble across Boss Yasaburo and his daughter Ocho. And Ocho quickly decides that, that, that Lop is cool and should join their family and she'll never have to starve again because Boss Yasaburo takes care of his people. He takes care of the, of the planet. And, and he seems to have reluctantly agreed to, to allow the Empire to be on the planet. Um, and he doesn't he doesn't... That's why he sort of applauds Lop for, for escaping when, when they first come across her. But he has no intention of, in, of inviting her into the family. He just was like, you know, going to let her get some food and whatever and call it a day. But it's Ocho who, who insists on bringing Lop, the, this runaway slave from the Empire, into the family, into the fold. And that's exactly how it happens. And Yasaburo comes around and accepts that. And again, we, we, we see the beginning of this sort of forged family. My only real question in this sequence is, you know, she's got the TD droid with her, right, the entire time. TD's there the entire time as she's jumping from the rooftops and, you know, having the food with her. And he's there the entire time. And it, but it's not until Yasaburo says, yeah, come and join our family, that TD cuts the neck collar off of her. If that droid could do that the entire time, what's, he, what's going on here? It seems like TD was, was like, just waiting for the, for the okay from someone with, with some power to, to, to let Lop loose. 
And uh, I don't know. That was a little weird. But just, again, a, a tiniest of quibbles in, the, in this episode. Now we fast forward seven years, and, and Boss Yasaburo is much more unhappy with the Imperial occupation of his planet. You know, the planet's getting polluted, it's getting destroyed, the environment's falling apart, and he's, he's sick of it, he's had enough. And in, in, in Imperial eyes, he has become a terrorist. In, in his people's eyes, he's, he's a freedom fighter. He's trying to end their occupation, trying to drive them off the planet to, to bring their planet back to life, to preserve their resources. This puts him into direct opposition with his daughter, Ocho, his, his natural daughter, Ocho, who sees the benefits, who wants her planet, who wants Tau to become part of the galaxy, wants them to, to sort of join, join the empire on the forefront, get that, that technological development, get those advancements that are, are going to make them you know, the, the next course on or what, what have you, as far as that goes. She's willing to sacrifice the natural beauty and, and, uh, and, and their resources to, to achieve that goal. But Yasaburo is no longer interested in doing that. He wants the Empire out. The, you know, he makes the reference in, the, in that clip how they didn't do this when the Republic was there. Why should they bend over with the with the bend over backwards to accommodate the Empire? So you start to get that that struggle between the family dynamic. You know, who's right, who's wrong. Obviously, we we side against the Empire in this podcast. I can't speak for other shows, but we side against the Empire on this particular podcast. So we are in favor of Boss Yasaburo. Uh, but Ocho is possibly as stubborn as her father, which is something that we don't get to explore quite as, as, as much as maybe we would like in this episode. Because she's all in on the Empire, and that sleazy Imperial officer makes her an offer that she can't refuse. Because she was supposed to dissuade her father from his uh, attack against the refinery, against the, the mining operations, what, what have you. It's looking more of a refinery to me. I don't think they really distinguish necessarily what it is. Uh, an interesting note, you may notice the three dots on uh, Boss Yasaburo's outfit and, and a lot of the other workers who are part of the Yasaburo clan. Uh, the same symbol from the, the Kurosawa film Yojimbo. So that's pretty exciting, right? Pretty good stuff. Uh, Lop, on the other hand, has sided with her adopted father. She has come to love the planet Tau and wants to protect it and preserve it from the Empire. Granted, you, you would also think she has more hard feelings towards the Empire than, than Ocho does. She doesn't know. She hasn't been oppressed or enforced into slavery like, like Lap was. So Ocho seems to have a sort of rose-colored glasses view of the Empire and is more looking at, at growth and advancement and, and, and those possibilities, no matter what the sacrifice might be. So it's it's interesting to get this family dynamic pitted against each other because that's it, not something we've seen a ton of in in, in Star Wars proper. You know, you, you've gotten at some of the expanded universe stuff in some of the books and some of the other forms of media, but by and large in the films, it's not like Skywalker pitted against Skywalker or anything like that. Unless you're okay, unless you're counting Anakin and, and Luke, but that's a little bit different. <laughs> it's not just they. Yes, they have a philosophical difference, but until Empire, we didn't know they were part of the same family. This time around, like, this is very clear from the beginning, and it's it's, you know, there's this forged adopted family, being torn apart by the biological parts of it, the father, the natural father, and that to the natural daughter, tearing it apart. The adopted daughter is the one who steps forward, to to side with the father, and and help bring about what he wants to see happen for the planet to preserve it, to save it 
from this exploitation that the Empire is committing against it. This ritual has been passed down in our family for generations. Hundreds of years ago now, there was a great warrior called a Jedi who came to this planet and died here. But first, he entrusted this treasured sword to our ancestor. Through his teachings, this ancestor was taught how to wield the blade. And ever since, both it and those techniques have been passed down for generations. So that clip obviously takes place after Ocho has sided with the Empire, gone off, left her family, abandoned her, her adopted sister and her biological father to side with the Empire to see Tao achieve this uh, technological advancement to take its place in the Empire as, a, as one of the primary worlds of it. And Lapis had to go back to her father and report this. And he makes the decision to pass on the ancient sword that they have inherited from a deceased Jedi, Jedi Knight. Jedi Master, even. And that sequence is full of so much evocative Star Wars imagery that that uh, up to this point, really, with the exception of Stormtroopers and that, that, that big, big, impressive Star Destroyer that opened the episode, uh, there hasn't been a lot of Star Wars imagery in this particular episode to this point, other than the Empire. But this episode, like many of the others, we focus on the lightsaber, the sacredness of the Jedi weapon, and what it means to the people who wield it, and, and its importance, its sim symbology to the people, to the culture. And again, it's reflected in this sort of samurai story. We're getting another sort of samurai take on the Star Wars myth and the sacredness of the sword, the sacredness of the samurai sword, the sacredness of the lightsaber. It's all right there. This time it is being interpreted very differently than we've seen in some of the prior episodes. But that sacredness, that importance of the sword, that, that honor that the sword carries, its sort of lineage and its legacy is played up in this episode very strongly. And I really, really enjoyed that particular aspect of it. And I think by this point, in Visions, I also really enjoyed that we were, we got an episode that was a bit less of the Star Wars homages and, and sort of the, the sort of direct Star Wars influence. This tale, yes, you, you could figure out a place that this fits into Star Wars continuity, into Star Wars canon if you wanted to, uh, but you don't have to. It's, that's not required. That's not part of its its enjoyment. Yes, there's familiarity with the Empire and Imperial occupation. So yes, it's sometime between episode three, and it could be uh, some you know sometimes between episode three at the end of episode three and the end of episode six. You know the Empire is taking over planets left and right. So yes, you could find a spot for this in canon if you wanted to. Uh, though I still sort of enjoy the idea of these being outside of canon so we can kind of tell more creative storytelling and it would also allow for that slimy imperial officer to have that crazy wackadoo hairstyle that he has and i so i, I kind of appreciate that aspect of it the the importance of the lightsaber obviously it, again another theme from many of the other episodes prior to this one this one not unique to the samurai stories or the or the the influences that it has on Star Wars, so you get to see that here again. It, it's a really nice touch, and what even more so when the final confrontation comes to be, when Yasaburo takes his people and engages in, in another act of aggression against the Empire, another act of rebellion against the Empire, and and Ocho springs into action to stop her father directly. When when Lop intervenes and fires up the lightsaber, and and her reaction 
to that, which I think we'll probably play at the very end of the episode because it's pretty good. Uh, you can sort of see that that despite Ojo's decisions to abandon her family, she never thought she was out of her family, that she'd been replaced as the heir to Yasaburo, to clan Yasaburo. So that's an interesting take, and, and let alone for it to be to her adopted sister, who she now seems to be rejecting because she's not blood, yet her father has more embraced because she's not blood, but she is, a, in, in a sense, a true Yasaburo, in the sense that she is a true Jedi, in that sense, and in, in that she is looking to defend the innocent, protect the planet against these aggressors, against evil and the dark side. So it, it's a really strong episode. There's a lot. I love the interplay between uh, Ocho and her father, Ocho and Lop, and everyone's reaction to each other. Everyone's sort of, um, I guess reaction is, is, the, is the word I'll stay with on that. It, but the way they react, the way they uh, sort of have to process their feelings in the fight, uh, you know, Lop does not want to, want to harm her sister, but she does some damage to her at the end of the episode, you know, to drive her off to end the conflict. But the episode in, ends in such an not necessarily ambiguous way, like the Empire's leaving this planet behind and there'll be no repercussions, but you get the look, the the feel from, from Ocho staring at Lop with, with such I don't wanna know I don't know if hate is the right word, but such anger and fury at sort of like this with this perceived betrayal from 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 Lop and obviously her biological father by giving Lop the the family sword, the family lightsaber. Uh I, I really really like this episode. I think there's some fun stuff in here. And then, again, that reveal when Lop engages the lightsaber to, to protect Boss Yasaburo, her adopted father, from from Yasaburo's biological daughter. It's just a really great moment. And this is another episode uh, that has a really unique musical element to it. And I think that plays really nicely into our, our themes, into the, the family dynamic, and into the, the sort of Star Wars-esque action sequences in this one. It's a, it's a really nice piece. Um, my, my reading of some of the reviews on this episode, uh, not, not as much overt negativity as I've seen in some of the other reviews for other episodes in, in Visions. Um, I, and I think a lot of people like me were, were rather surprised how much we liked this one. Um, I, 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 kind of, um, a lot of us are also kind of interested in getting more of this story in some fashion or another. You know, this far, thus, thus far, we've only gotten a continuation of, of the Ronin story, from from the duel episode, the very first one that kicked off visions, but you have to be curious at this point. Uh, like, do 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 the other stories in this in the in the in visions merit continuation? Because again, very very many of them are sort of setting the table for for more stories down the road. Whether those were to happen in uh, a, a continuation of the visions, you know, animation series in a season two or a season three, we don't know yet. Or do you continue it? You know, through comics or through manga, comic books even like you know, I know. A st- would it be unreasonable for a Star Wars manga line to pop up like through IDW or Marvel at this point to sort of continue some of these storylines that that have uh, been seeded in some of these episodes? Because uh, this episode, Lop and Ocho, much like uh, the Village Bride, uh, we sort of want to know more. You know, we want to want to follow these characters a little bit further and and, and kind of see where this goes. And uh, the Ninth Jedi, another another one that just really sets the table for more adventures, in another another um, iteration of the Star Wars universe. So I'm I'm curious to see if they want to follow that up. I want to go back 
because like I said, the sequence where Yasaburo is presenting the lightsaber to Dulop, uh, again, it's so wonderful. It's so well done. The music beneath it. And what he's saying to Lop is so interesting that I want to go ahead and play kind of the rest of that sequence. So let's check it out. This ancient weapon represents the bond between parent and child in our family. As it is bestowed upon you, remember that even though we are not bound by blood, you and I share a strong connection. I am your father, and that bond cannot be broken. We'll support each other for as long as we are able to. Bear this in mind. And keep this sword close to your heart. So in that sequence, we get another a fairly unique iteration of I am your father in Star Wars, but a very different uh, meaning, very different context, and, and uh, even subtextually speaking, very, very different from the classic I am your father that we get from Vader in Empire. And... and a, a nice little moment with his adopted daughter that I, I think is, is very touching and something that um, I, mm, I'm not going to go down that road. You almost got me to go down that road, and I'm not going to do it. I almost started talking about a topic that's kind of off-limits on this podcast because it brings out the dark side in me. So, no, no, no. We'll just have to talk about that another day when, when we're in a, in a safer place. But, yeah, uh, it, I love this. I love this story. The adopted daughter being embraced by the father, uh, after, and and oh, it's just it's just good. It's really good. This is a, a there's a lot of touching emotional moments, a lot of heart in this episode, and I think it's hard to sort of skip that to ignore the the family element in this particular episode. Just so enjoyable. I I really really enjoyed this one. Even though like I said, it's a longer one. It's like you know, again twenty minutes. It's still shorter than an episode of Clone Wars or Re- or Bad Batch or Rebels. But sometimes, you know, when you got a lot going on, twenty minutes is a lot. Not in this episode. Not in this case. Psh, easy twenty minutes right here. Now I'm gonna go ahead. I want to cut in the the little bit when when Ocho is going to make the killing blow against her her father who's laid on the floor and Lop springs into action because. I dig it so much. Here we go. Check it out. That's the family sword. What are you doing with that? I'm the successor! I passed it on to love. Inheritance has nothing to do with blood. There is so much that matters more. Don't be ridiculous. I won't allow it! Okay, we'll stop it right there because that's that's a pretty good taste of things to come right there. And again, this episode, we talked a bit about it in the Elder. Had the the lightsaber sort of had like a almost like a cutlass esque, you know, shape to it from the Elder. This episode, the lightsaber much more in line with sort of the, the classic samurai katana blade, and and that that's pretty obvious in this encounter. It's a very strange weapon that Ocho's wielding. It's like this like three level kind of nunchuck thing, but with like force energy. Not like the force, but you know, some kind of energy binding it, uh, connecting it together. I, if if that is a practical weapon, I do not know its name. I apologize. I am not the most sophisticated when it comes to weapons of the martial arts, um, but still, it, an intimidating weapon, and it still seems to hold up well against a lightsaber. So you got to give it credit for that. But yeah, a, a great sequence there, especially as again Yasaburo's lane sort of sprawled out and talking about how uh, inheritance has nothing to do with blood. Again, really strong, strong stuff in that in that sequence in that in that dialogue, and yeah, a, a really important message about uh, 
the the ties that bind the 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 blood that pumps in our veins and who we're connected to who we're related to and how maybe it doesn't matter in the long run uh, as long as we're a good person right that's all that that's all that seems to be what we're trying to say and again you're making me want to think about talking about something but I'm not going to talk about it all right so let's wrap this one up because that is basically the end of Lapinocho it ends on a bit of a cliffhanger sort of ambiguous sort of vague what's to come next will there be future installments we can only wait and see I kind of hope there is again I'd love to see uh, IDW, IDW launch a, launch a, a Japanese manga line uh, of Star Wars visions and sort of continue these stories in comic book form. If they weren't to continue them as animes in another season of Visions, which we I don't think we've gotten a word about just yet. But that November show, show, Disney shareholders thing is coming up soon, and I'm sure we'll get some clarity on the future of Visions then. So we'll just have to wait and see. So yeah, here we are. That's the, again that's the end of the episode proper as you will. But I did want to take another moment. Uh, to sort of uh, just thank everybody who's been a part of the 100 episodes of Mandavision that we have done. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. I, I sort of, again, I sort of kicked myself for not doing a Star Wars podcast sooner. Um, but I think it worked out in the, in, for the best. I, I've, I've become a much better podcast host over the years, doing the other shows that I've been parts of, been a part of, or done uh, done with uh, other, other guests and guest hosts and co-hosts. This show works really nicely on my own because I'm kind of I'm kind of able to talk about I mean I guess I guess it's Star Wars and I'm just in my comfort zone and I'm just so happy to be here and talk to people about Star Wars stuff and it, to, to to find such a wonderful warm receptive audience out there uh, has been a true uh, a true gift and I, I can't thank all of you enough for taking the time every single week to download listen share the show on social media. And n- none more so than, than than a listener who's been here since day one, and I I couldn't I couldn't thank this person enough. Uh, he goes by the handle his his Twitter handle is at rural farm boy, and he is a fantastic, dedicated, awesome listener and a friend of this podcast. Um, I've I've only gotten to know this person through social media, but just a kind, generous person. He sent me an incredibly wonderful, incredibly kind uh, voice message. And I, I did think about including it in the episode, but I hadn't gotten permission yet as, we, as we're recording this. So I didn't want to do that with, without, without the OAOK. So if I get that later on, we'll include it in, in another episode. But I wanted to give my personal thanks to Rural Farm Boy for, for being there from day one and, and sort of welcoming me to uh, Star Wars podcasting and Star Wars Twitter in a lot, in a lot of senses. And, and uh, you know, I'm not the world's best Twitterer. Twitter person, if you will, um, but it's always fun to log on and, and find a, a message or a retweet or, or something from Aurora Farm Boy. So I truly, truly appreciate that. Uh, just an incredible listener of Star Wars podcasts, and and uh, if he's if he is listening to your Star Wars podcast, you know you got a good one on your hands. Good listener and a good podcast. <laughs> so it works in a lot of different ways, and and you know, again, not to single out just him because there's a lot of amazing listeners for this podcast but he sent me an incredibly touching message that got me a little emotional before the episode and and uh i wanted to give him a special shout out and special thanks and uh if i get permission i will include that in the episode uh before we publish in in a couple days so yes rural farm boy thank you so much for always being here always being so kind and supportive and just just an awesome person an awesome star wars fan and uh you know, may the force be with you, my friend. Thank you so much. All right, enough of that Jedi language. Let's get out of here with that. We wear buckets on this podcast. We don't have time for Jedi nonsense. 
<laughs> we got one more episode of Star Wars Visions to talk about. And yeah, we're going to close it out in this. It's um yeah. Yeah, the episode that closes out Visions is a interesting one. We got a few things to talk about with that one. And we'll be back very, very soon to do just that. So, again, I thank you all from the bottom of my heart. This has been 100 amazing episodes. Uh, amazing for me knowing that so many people are, are listening and enthusiastic about what I am putting out there for your consumption. So I thank you all from the bottom of my heart. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And we will be here uh, for at least 100 more, maybe 1,000 more. You probably can't stop me at this point. <laughs> and I don't want to stop. Never. Never. All right, let's go. Let's get out of here. You know what that means. This podcast can only end one way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. You expect me to search the galaxy for the home of this creature and deliver it to a race of enemy sorcerers? This is the way. <laughs>